0: Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production.
1: The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. Always forget how long my own intro is. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Nutter. What's up? Welcome to the Porcupine. Uh, another edition of this fucking shit show I call a podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in as always and supporting me. Can't believe you guys do. It's crazy, crazy. I have uh, any fan base. It's fucking bananas. But I love you guys for it. You guys are the fucking best. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, again, a little little fucking uh, cleanup for us first at home here. Just follow me at Adam Nutter on all the stuff as always, please. Thank you very much. And of course, please buy merch yeah with the fucking sweet porcupine shirts you get the white series black series sounds racist but it isn't i promise and then you have your very own just a bigger local nutter shirt from top lobster himself artwork from him uh exclusive only to this fucking website drop slash store for all the merch and then um as far as shows coming up i have a bunch of shows coming up so the biggest one is this friday because we're live right now this friday a Pennsylvania State Convention for the Libertarian Party. It's going to be a fucking shit show, uh, as is. But if you guys want to avoid that shit show and just come for laughs, uh, 6.30, I'll be at the, I think, uh, main Genetti Hotel uh, with Blaze Gagakis and Neil Wood. They're opening up. And uh, $20 at the door. You can just get your tickets there. And then uh, an hour after that, I'll be opening up for Dave Smith and Tom Woods. Uh, their thing, like right across the street, I think the Community Arts Center. I think it's attached to the Genetti Hotel. I'm not sure. Um, that's it. Eight, I want to say, but tickets you get for that, uh, lppa.org slash convention. Uh, I never put them on my website cause I'm lazy, but you go to lppa.org slash convention for those tickets. And then, uh, the very next week after that, March 12th, uh, back in Chalfon, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly. Uh, two shows, seven, nine nine thirty. Robbie, the fire, Bernstein's headlining those shows. Come on out. It'll be right after the week after the fucking thing. And then March 22nd, I'll be at the stand in New York. So coming out to that seven o'clock show, I think, uh, tickets available at the stand website for sure. Uh, anyway, Oh, real quick. Start this answer. Joe, why I'm so zoomed in today is because I got a new camera. Don't know how to fucking pull it back. Don't know how to change the lens it is what it is. All right, Joe, don't fucking shame me for it. Come over my house and fix it. Chair of my party. Piece of shit. All right, guys. My guest today. Uh, we've been talking a lot of Ukraine-Russia stuff and uh just the wars in general and the and the bombing campaign. So uh you guys know him. Uh, daily contributor to Libertarian Institute, my man Patrick McFarlane. What's up, brother Bear? How are you?
2: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having on. Um, yeah, so crazy world right now. <laughs> uh Russia, Ukraine. And then also like the other day I saw there was like five other bombings from like Israel and like we bombed Somalia like all in one day. So nuts uh i you know i know a little bit about it but you know more than i do and uh so i guess let's start for all the regular people out there who think russia just did this they didn't (laughs) so where did like this all start from like where did the putin things come from
2: well i was gonna say it depends on how far you want to go back oh sure true well i mean i i just released an episode today talking about what's going on kind of in the backdrop of this whole thing is uh, in the West, we're a lot more secular, we're not very religious anymore. And in it's a whole different world over there. Once the Soviet Union fell, there was a big revival in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And so if you really want to go down to the roots of the schism between Ukraine and Russia, it goes all the way back almost a thousand years to 980 AD. There was Prince Vlad and uh, he, he was a pagan, but then he consolidated his empire and his empire was based in Kiev. And so he consolidated his empire, all the Rus people in that area, and made maybe what you could call the original Russian Empire. And about 200 years after that, in the 1200s, um, there's a lot of warring factions among the Rus people, and there's also the external threat from the Mongol invaders. And so all the people in the original empire that he converted to Orthodox Christianity, uh, they migrated to Moscow. And so ever since you have that migration is the beginning of this kind of rivalry between Ukraine and Russia. And in the backdrop, we have um, you know a bunch of stuff, hap- a bunch of things happen with the church. I'm fast forwarding a thousand years here. But in, in 2018, you never heard of this, nobody heard of this. There was a huge schism between the Russian Orthodox Church and the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And the Ukrainian Orthodox broke away from the Russian Orthodox Church. And it was a huge deal, like the biggest deal in the Orthodox Church in centuries.
1: Why did they schism? Was there just a cultural, like a country reason, like a separation of line or like a, like a religious cultural thing?
2: Well, I think there, there were a lot of reasons um, that the some of the church leaders from Ukraine were becoming more westernized. And actually the, the head of the Eastern Orthodox Church, Bartholomew I, he's based in Constantinople. And that's kind of the the head of it, um, but it was this growing kind of friction between Ukraine and and Russia. Ukraine's been independent for almost thirty years now, and and so you just have kind of this animosity and rivalry building, where Ukrainians like to remind Russians that hey, remember Prince Vlad was from Kiev, and Kiev is viewed as kind of like the Jerusalem of the of the Russian Orthodox Church, and so it's a really important thing and. Um, Putin himself, he, he commissioned the construction of a statue of St. Vlad in front of the Kremlin. And so there's a lot of people making a big hullabaloo about, oh, you know, Putin wants to be the original Russian empire or emperor, and he wants to relive the glory days. And I, I think there's more truth to constituting the ancient Russian empire than there is to reconstituting the USSR. So there was the, you know. The big long thing that that I've focused on in the last couple of days, but it, it's crazy, man. I mean, the speed of information coming in, right. and the the fake information is just yeah. overwhelming, man.
1: A lot of propaganda. I mean, how much it's like it's, it's wild seeing like real-time propaganda happen and then you think of like world war ii when there wasn't twitter or like any social media right. and like propaganda took like months to get to you and you're like oh shit they're fucking bombing things in like germany or whatever you know whatever the propaganda was back then now it's like you look at a picture you're like nah but bullshit yeah. <laughs> right away dude i don't know i posted i tweeted this out but there was a picture of like two ukrainian guys holding wooden guns
2: yeah, I saw that, yeah. and
1: I was like, "What are we doing? <laughs> like, is this we trying? <laughs> like, it's just like we're." I mean, I guess my question to you is like, who benefits from propagandizing more in this scenario? Russia, or Ukraine? Do you think?
2: Man, that's really tough because I think both sides do, and right now we're really awash with. Because I mean, I, like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like speculating here, but I would say that the West. There's more Western Twitter users, I would think, than there would Mm. be Russian Twitter users or people who would consider themselves, you know, Twitter and social media in general. It's not just Twitter, but um, at least where I'm sitting from, I've seen a lot more Ukrainian propaganda. And I think that they they stand to benefit more because who who um, all the other NATO nations and nations in the West are full of populations of people whose opinion needs to be won over. And I, I would think that uh, you have more users in the West. Again, that's a guess. But you need to convince all those users to pile on to the conflict and to, to uh, get involved in the conflict in some way. And Russia, I mean, you can talk all day about the relationship between Russia and China. And I mean, it would seem like U.S. policy really has driven them together. And they're not necessarily bedfellows historically. There was the, the Sino-Russian split, the Sino-Soviet split. Uh, That occurred, I believe, in the the 60s or 70s. So they're not natural friends per se, but our policy has really driven them together.
1: Okay, so go back to the 2014 coup that we threw, you know, via... Not us physically, obviously. We know we don't do that anymore. Uh, we, right. we don't physically overthrow since Iraq, Afghanistan. But uh, Obama, at the president at the time, you know, he wanted a, well, not just him, him and I'm sure the EU and all these other fucking Western European countries wanted a puppet regime to to bend to our will. So they overthrew the Russian guy who's in there, right? Yeah, with the our guy, and then he installed in some regions actual neo Nazis, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah and if if you want to go and get a better picture because I have I've seen a lot of pushback on this whole neo-nazi narrative um it, it it's legit I mean it's Right not, I, I
1: mean I've seen the pictures <laughs> I've see right. the whole thing twice. Yeah well it, and
2: it's not just the pictures I mean it, it goes back way back to to World War 2 and um if if you want to go to um there's a piece by uh, by Justin Raimondo on antiwar.com that talks about it called The Monster Reawakens the Rise of Ukrainian Fascism. And the, the subtitle is A Precedent the West Will Live to Regret. Um, just kind of talking about um, Svoboda and the right sector and and the influence of Ukrainian Nazis in the, the Maidan coup. And, um, I mean, it's, it's really kind of blatant. I mean, there's names and links all over the place, if you're familiar with Justin's writing. That shouldn't be too surprising, but I would um, I think it's um, is it Ukraine on fire with Oliver Stone? (laughs) Oliver Stone Uh, is a great documentary. It's on YouTube, so you can watch it right away, Um, but that goes through everything that happened and there's actual like interviews with Putin. I think Putin's in there and kind of the people who were there while it happened. And um, so I, I guess the part that I can talk about more so, because I don't know the cold facts, but like the back of my hand. But I do know what I looked into is that Vice was on the ground in 2014, and mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm known for being maybe like in the libertarian spheres, someone who's been very critical of Tim Pool. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this or yeah, I heard. <laughs> so um, Tim Pool was on the ground in 2014 during the Maidan coup. And it's just very interesting because if you watch the coverage from Vice Media at the time, Oliver Stone, yeah, that's his name. But if you watch the coverage from Vice Media on the ground at the time, it's very, very pro-revolution. And in fact, when all those protesters were being shot, um, Vice had that all over the place. And so it kind of makes you wonder you know vice has also favorably covered the the white helmets in syria mm-hmm. and all of those Remember people that. who kind of turned out being free syrian army and right. um, head choppers so um it just again speculating here but it's an interesting chapter too looking at how the media has covered this in the past and people that you would think would be members of the independent media and and looking at the way that they've covered this whole ukraine situation so um, Yeah, there is a connection like I'm not going to jump to conclusions and say that Tim Poole was working for the U.S. State Department or something like that. But (laughs) when you're you're thinking about his coverage of the issue, just remember that he was on the ground in 2014 covering the Maidan coup with the protesters. Now, Vice Media also had very, very favorable coverage of that, too. Um, So I guess make of that what you will. Interesting. (laughs) i
1: mean you're linking i mean you're not you're not saying anything crazy yeah i I mean you you link some stuff with with him (laughs) i I mean i I, I would
2: certainly i mean if i had a chance i there's a lot of questions i would ask him yeah would certainly be something i would explore you know
1: would um where do you think putin ends in ukraine do you think he stops at the far western border of Ukraine and it's like, all right, that's my fucking dick. Like, you know, like now you guys get it. Like don't fuck around. Or like, you know, uh, I was talking to somebody and this person I was talking to doesn't isn't like as involved or you and I even or any of this stuff. But he was like, I think he's gonna keep going to Poland. Like I think that's crazy. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if he's gonna keep just marching like Hitler did. And he's like, I'm gonna go for it all. Like, he knows there's the consequences too. Like I would imagine that he 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 knows his limits, I think. I don't think Putin's a crazy person. Like, like, I mean, even Kim Jong Un, right, was like, I'm not going to launch launch a nuke into Japan, <laughs> like, because he knows what would happen. So, like, Putin's the same thing. It was like nuclear war. I'm like, really though, like, like, is he that crazy? Like, we wouldn't be like, well, fuck it, launch, we're launching ours too now, and, and it's going to be a, one of those scenarios, right? So, like, I think he knows where he's going to fucking end it, and, and just and 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 this is, this is his message. And like, if you guys fuck with me again, then I will push it again. Like, is that what you're thinking, or are you think it's like he's going to keep going?
2: I have no idea, man. I yeah,
1: <laughs> like, I know it's. I don't. I mean,
2: it. It. I mean, before this happened, I was, I was like a lot of people in the anti-war community. I was skeptical of of the fact that Putin would invade Ukraine, and um, I even pushed back on on the invasion narrative itself. I guess you could fairly classify it as an invasion. Sorry, this is an aside, but but one of my one of my big kind of sticking points was that the media was calling this like an all out offensive, like operation Barbarossa or something like that from world war two. And, and I mean, it's, it is a limited military action that doesn't excuse what he's doing. I think it's horrible. And um, I've, I've been really very upset about this since it took place. Um, but I, so I didn't think that he would do what he's doing. I thought that if, if there was a war in Ukraine, which I didn't write off, I thought that it would be a response to Ukraine invading the Donbass again and 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 doing that and then Russians would roll through maybe they would push back a little bit into Ukrainian territory but I didn't think that this would happen frankly and I was I was I was pushing back on it saying that Ukraine didn't even think this would happen so I'm not alone in this respect doubting the US State Department who we all know are, are truth tellers yeah. um, I I think and and Kyle Ancelone has kind of postulated this on his podcast. Kyle's the real expert here, but he he's talking about how there's there's a if we're familiar with Big New Brzezinski and in the 1980s, he he wrote in a memo talking about Afghanistan, saying that well we didn't uh, we didn't make the Russians invade Afghanistan, but we knowingly increased the likelihood that they would. And um, I have a we have a group chat. Um, where we kind of discuss these things and Kyle's in it too, but, um, he was talking about, uh, or somebody was talking about how there's Brzezinski accolades in the U S state department right now. And I can't help, but wonder if the end goal, the objective of the U S state department was to get Putin to invade Ukraine so that they could start an insurgency and give Putin another Afghanistan. And, and I mean, the, the, um, the evidence of this is all over the place, maybe not intent, but they've been talking for a long time about training and arming a Ukrainian insurgency. And um, so, but when it comes to what Putin's motivations are, I, I really don't know. And I, I, I really hate this narrative that Putin is an irrational actor, right? Because that's it, what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're, you're exactly right to say right. that because the whole West is saying, oh, well, you know, you know hitler is putin you know forget all those things about the nazi comparisons to the right. covid regime hitler is automatically <laughs> right putin. right 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 right. and um well you don't negotiate with putin right adam i mean what right, do you right, do right. with or excuse me you don't negotiate with hitler what do you do with hitler you kill hitler head, right right yeah. so um i mean putin has been pretty clear about his motivations through this whole thing now is putin some kind of you know deus ex machina, who's going to come down and save us from the Western globalist uh, new world order. No, I mean, Putin Putin is is a globalist himself. I mean, so it's just kind of a different flavor. James Corbett just put out a really great piece talking about this, how Putin, you know, he's not going to come in and save us from, from Western uh, identity politics. You know, he's not going to come in and save us from critical race theory and the degeneracy of the West. He has his own motivations, but he is also part of that same globalist system, uh, just just a different part of it. So um, there could be some truth to his aspirations to return Russia to glory. Um, I would think maybe the old empire. Do I think that I mean, I don't think that he's going to start a war with NATO countries or anything like that or threaten Finland and Sweden. He has done that. but. Who who the hell knows, man? I didn't think this was on the table. So I don't
1: know if you saw, but Swiss bank accounts are now freezing Russian assets. Which yeah. Is like, uh, which is like, it's like, you guys, this is, and this is, what again, I hate the fucking media because they're liars. And I hate the fucking dumb lefties because they're fucking liars too. And, you know, if, if, like, this conversation right now, they'd be like, you guys are pro-Putin. It's like, right. no. <laughs> 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 We're just saying, like, he's a piece of shit. But this isn't just an out of nowhere thing, and there is a recourse here that we are heavily involved in as a country that you fucks don't want to openly admit to. Like you know, like we fuck this up. We are always fucking things up. (laughs) You know, it's like it's you know it goes right from like like that meme, right? It goes right from uh, Biden, Kamala Harris to fucking COVID to Ukraine. (laughs) It's like with all the NPCs in their brain. You know, it's like just keep pushing the fucking narrative. The same exact. It's like what? No one again. No one finds it weird that like we can't question the fucking war narrative.
2: Well, and and they, a lot of libertarians too are doing this right now and they're, they're picking sides right now or, I mean, you see libertarians, um, fuck it. I'm not going to, you know, spare names, but Glenn Jacobs, I just saw the mayor of Tennessee. Oh, he's retarded. I I like, (laughs) (laughs) I like him too, but yeah, I mean, he was retweeting the thing that Zelensky said about, send me a ride, send me ammo and saying, Oh, how stunning and brave this guy. Like he's a real leader sticking in. I mean. It's it's an op, man. I mean, I, right? I tell you. That would be a super cool thing to say if that was real. If right. he was really on the front lines, being like, "I need fucking ammo when
1: I ride," as he's taking rounds, yeah. dude, I'll blow that guy. <laughs> but he's not. It's a fucking. It, he's he's behind a desk with his fucking feet up, just like tweeting, like, "I need ammo." Not it's like right. shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> well, and they, the the other. I mean, to pick sides right now. To yeah. to to try and pick sides right now in this whole thing is I mean, we need to be on the side of de-escalation. Like we are anti-war activists first, right and foremost. And it's it's not about picking sides, it's about criticizing who fucks up when. And and right now we are at a very serious risk of like nuclear war or or at least a horrible worldwide war that uh, right. is imminently avoidable. Right. Um so I mean, there's talks right now about establishing a no-fly zone in Ukraine. Dumb, and and then the whole, the whole Swift thing too. Um, we were talking about that, but the I understand that it's it's a little more complicated than just saying, "Oh, we're going to ban Russia from Swift," because Swift actually isn't a payment system, as I understand. Swift is actually a communication system that facilitates payments, okay. and it's not actually controlled by by nation states. It's controlled by member banks. So I don't know if it's as easy as saying, oh, there we go, rushes right. up, Swift."
1: I, I mean, let's be honest, most of this is probably virtue signaling anyway. Like like, like, like we did here, like all the fucking governors, like we're going to pull Russian products, which of course, and yeah. you know, I'm just parroting what you know already, but just for the people out there who might not know, oh, that's just two things, right? It, one is it hurts our business owners who already paid for that booze that they have to just get rid of now. <laughs> so they're who knows how thousands, possibly millions, depending on how big of a distributor you are in debt. And then all it does is also hurt the regular Russian business owners who have nothing to do with this war who are like, I don't want this war either. I'm just making a product. <laughs> like, now you're going to punish me for fucking my asshole. It's like punishing us for Biden or Trump or whatever the fuck they do. Right. It, yeah. it's, it's bullshit. And, and, you know, it's like it, it does nothing. It does nothing but hurt, the, again, regular people. <laughs> Putin's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. And I, I do believe that there, there have been declarations of banning Russia from SWIFT in a limited scope. I'd have to check antiwar.com just to see, by the way, I mean, all of you guys should be reading antiwar.com. Every I agree. Day going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the headline from Kyle, my buddy Kyle wrote this, um, us allies ban Russian banks from swift crypto may be next target. So the U S can't, the U S has joined Canada, the EU and the UK in barring some Russians from the international monetary transfer system, swift. Um, Kyle says it's the most serious round of sanctions yet from Western nation over Ukraine's actions in Ukraine. So, um, he posted that yesterday. So that's when that happened. Uh, but y'all should go check out that coverage there at antiwar.com. I,
1: I also find it very hypocritical that all again all these like we were saying before, like you said before, Patrick, about like uh, all these countries like he's literally Hitler. He's literally Hitler. Okay, well, Hitler was. A psychopath who literally tried to take over the world, pretty much. You know, I mean, he was or at least Europe, <laughs> at least right, Europe, yeah. a, at least a large part of Europe. Uh, you know, and, and part of Africa and, and and Asia and stuff like that. And, and, and you're telling me that you're gonna poke the that bear again, right? <laughs> like you're gonna be like, let's freeze a shit as a neutral country where we've always been neutral. Let's now all of a sudden, let's not be. Let's stay neutral during World War II and a Holocaust, <laughs> but let's right. not be neutral for this weird conflict that isn't so fucking cut and dry.
2: It's really strange, man. It, it
1: doesn't make fucking sense, dude. That's what I'm saying. It just, I, yeah. I don't know what the rub is. I don't know what the full psyop is yet, but it's there. I just don't, I can't get to like the COVID thing is way more obvious. It's like, Oh, control, <laughs> right. control, planning of power, seeding of money. I, totally. That's fucking propaganda, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy one oh one, right? You know, like, but this, I'm like, okay, well, I don't think we want Russia to invade Ukraine as a side. Like, so what's the fucking get? Like, what is it? You know.
2: Uh, I mean, only speculating. I, I don't know. Like, I, I just. I don't um, know either. That's what I'm not, saying. It's a speculation. I just did this episode on um, Operation Blue Beam, and oh yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. yeah. I got some, some shit for it because yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that I take Operation Blue Beam seriously. And for for people that don't know, yeah, please tell. Um, Operation Blue Beam is like I don't know the mother of all conspiracies that some New World Order kook in the '90s came up with this idea that there would be a fake alien invasion or the fake Second Coming of Christ. Call it the,
1: I call it the Watchman. The uh, Watchman, right? That it's, it's essentially Ozymandias's uh, plan, right? Yeah. It's, it's, he teleported uh, giant aliens from a different dimension, and they destroyed and they killed like billions, of, not billions, like millions and millions of people, and we united under one common thread of an alien outside force right in the movie they changed to dr manhattan but it's the same fucking thing so project blue beam right is that pretty much where they were gonna fake an alien invasion or something like that and then be like look we gotta fucking gotta unite as one
2: gotta unite just like independence (laughs) day man (laughs) so yeah and i mean in my episode i talked about uh have you heard of dr stephen greer he's like yeah of course yeah 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 so i mean He's funded by the Rockefellers like he has mm-hmm. Rockefeller connections. His disclosure project is Rockefeller funded. Mm-hmm. And he was pushing this idea and he's been pushing this idea with with the the lady who was the spokesperson for Dr. Werner von Braun, uh, von Braun, and he's the not the Nazi NASA rocket scientist. Yeah, you know,
1: the, yeah, he was the head guy over there used to, I think, hang the slowest Jews every day. And he's like, in front oh, of is his-
2: that what he said?
1: I believe I believe that was Werner Werner Von Braun who like they would hang like the slowest like working Jews every day outside of his office is like a motivation thing. Because, you know, you want that guy leading our shit.
2: (laughs) He he apparently told this lady in the 70s like he it was a deathbed confession like, hey, this is what the plan is. So when you ask me what the motivation is behind starting a war, it's going to be nuclear holocaust. Right. And then at the last fucking second the aliens are going to come in and evaporate all the missiles. And then we have to... Or something like that, right? That's what's going to happen. That's the motivation. So,
1: Dude, uh, it's fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So this is from his mouth? On his his Uh, deathbed confession? Uh, Nazi face? Well, it's
2: it's hearsay. Right. No, I hear you. Right, but uh, I'm saying like... But apparently, yeah, that's what what she says that he said. And there's actually... There's a... (laughs) There's an exception. I'm a lawyer by practice, and so I. There's an exception in the uh, the evidence rules in court for a deathbed confession or like a statement um, okay. upon an imminent death or belief of death. So that could come in in court. So there has to be some some plausibility to it, right?
1: That's fucking interesting, dude. But you know, not, I mean, not to get off the fucking rails here with the alien shit. But yeah. one quick last thing with the project because it does. It's interesting. Yeah. The technology I mean, you, stuff. Right. Well, you see all these drone shows they're doing, like at the Super Bowl and stuff like that. Dude, that looks fucking – they don't look like drones. <laughs> they, don't, they don't look like drones doing like a choreographed fucking uh, – now, that's just with drones. Who the fuck knows what tech they actually have? Right. So yeah, it's not far off. That's what I'm saying. That's why I hate being called like, like your conspiracy. Like, but well, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. You're right. just not thinking, or you're just so close-minded. We're like everything how it is. It's like it's not though, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, all right. So go, go back to the Ukraine Russia thing. Um, I don't <laughs> know if you saw. Yeah, I'll go talk about that another day, dude. That's a whole other no. We yeah. had different different episode. I I do yeah. do a conspiracy thing on yeah. this show every now and then we'll do we gotta come back to that I mean, i'll have you on one day and we'll do sure. that we'll, yeah, we'll definitely not. talk about that for sure but not on that we can't <laughs> i'll do that all episode. um did you see that fucking missile hit the uh residential apartment
2: i i didn't see the video itself i saw a picture of the apartment building afterwards and i know it it i don't know it, it was probably cast as being uh, a russian missile that hit a residential complex yeah. but there's reason to believe and i've i've heard this but there's reason to believe that it was Ukrainian anti-air missile. That's
1: yesterday. that's what. Okay. If you watch the video, yeah, the angle of the it missile, yeah, it has it like an upward trajectory, see, yeah. <laughs> not so much of a downward <laughs> trajectory. <laughs> so I think they just shot their own building. I, I don't know. That's totally again here saying for what I I'm not a fucking weapons expert. I don't fucking know. But it I'm is. just saying that's what kind of would look like for my naked eye. Uh, but again, perfect tool for Ukraine to be like, look what they fuck—they hit a fucking Russian, uh, a Ukrainian private residential ta- apartment mm. tower. Or and then I also heard reports of like um, they're shooting women, Russian and children trying to flee off of certain. And I go, maybe. Where's the proof though? It like, like classic, right? It like classic right. propaganda. Right? That's what I'm saying. But like again, it can't. It could totally be true, right? It could totally be true. Good. Yeah, it could be. But I just feel like it's probably bullshit because where's the fucking evidence? Where's the proof? Where's the what? Because one and two new people said it.
2: Right. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, I I've covered on my show in the past um, the there was a British. Uh, a British member of Parliament called uh, Ponsonby—I forget his first name—but he came out with uh, "Falsehood in Wartime," was a, a a famous book that he wrote after World War One, talking about all the lies that that uh, goaded, um, you know, that goaded the British into war. British citizens and a lot of them—I mean, one after another—there was this rumor going around in Belgium that the Germans were cutting the hands off of children and babies as they marched through Belgium. Um, there was a story that went around that was reported in all the papers about the the um, a nurse from from Dumfries in the UK who had her breast cut off and she was raped very severely and she I guess had enough time to write a letter back home and that's how the story was recovered. By the uh, way,
1: saying saying rape severely is funny. It's like I was raped, but I was like it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't
2: <yeah>. severe. Rape. <laughs> uh, you know, I had time to write this letter. And but but the mother of all um, of all of these was very credible reports from the ground that the Germans were collecting the corpses of their dead and melting them down to make glycerin. And they were doing this at a factory in Germany. And this was reported in the London times. So it, right. it was complete and utter bullshit, but right, right. so I but mean,
1: it's a major newspaper though, putting out a major bullshit bogus story. That's a, a frightening thing. If, if that was true, You're like what? (laughs) Like if you were a Dutch dude, and that, and you were like, they're cutting off babies' hands, (laughs) (laughs) you'd be like, what the? Of course, it's terrified. You'd do anything to either run, get the fuck out of there, or do anything to fight. Right. So, of course, it gets the war drums going. Yeah. Um, which also. Leads me to this point, which I find also very hypocritically funny. From the same fucking dumb COVID idiots and all these people who are now propagating the Ukraine thing, where where were you for twenty years of bombing Yemen? Right. Yeah. Where were you for the Libya thing? Where were you for the Syria? That you don't give a fuck about brown babies. You only care about white babies. (laughs) Like you don't give a fuck. Let's be honest. You don't give a shit because we're again, fucking Dave Smith's point, right? But like how many millions of babies have died in Yemen from starving to death or cholera, whatever the fuck we're doing to them. We're not us, but you know, because we're kind of boys in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) It's like, you guys don't give a fuck. You, you don't give a fuck. You truly don't care about the death. You don't care about babies dying. You care because you're being told to care because you're fucking cheap, which is a fucking beat expression now, but that's what you fucking are.
2: Yeah. And if you approach people about this or challenge them on it or talk about Yemen, Sometimes people will actually know what you're talking about, but other times they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, the Houthis are being armed by Iran, right? So, so therefore, just because, and that's not true, by the way. Uh, of um, course, it's just. And, um, but if you, if you get into it, they're, they're saying, well, yeah, I mean, all this horrible stuff is happening, but the implication is we have to do it because the Houthis are being armed by Iran.
1: So right? we got to kill just- so many babies yeah <laughs> and not just yeah. shoot them or bomb them we have to starve them slowly to- <laughs> it's like yeah. what the fuck dude how could i just don't know how the justification in these people's fucking heads to get to that point
2: yeah i i, I don't know and um it, it's nice i guess like people, people's criticism of libertarians. I mean, you've seen this even from people who, who used to be libertarians, like stop living in Ancapistan in your head kind yeah. of situation. But I, I think in this, we we really can, because when you get to foreign policy, this is real world stuff. I mean, this is where theory meets practice. And um, it it's a very delicate balance to play. Uh, but at the same time, from its foundation, it's really easy, right? I mean, you can say we're going to condemn bullshit on both sides, right? We're not going to be apologists for Putin, but say, no, he is a rational actor. He is someone who in you know has stated his motivations in the past. It's not okay that he went forward and started attacking all of Ukraine. Um, but at the same time, you know, we can condemn NATO and maybe we have more of a place to condemn NATO in the West because we're part of it.
1: Right. You wanna uh, speak on a little bit of why NATO sucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. NATO sucks. yeah.
2: It's an outdated institution. I yeah. mean, it was created to counteract the Soviets during the Cold War. And then once once, uh, once the Soviet Union fell, NATO didn't disappear. And then so over and over again, there have been promises uh, from the West and from NATO not to expand NATO east eastwards, not one inch further. This was promised over and over again. And um, now NATO is messing around in Ukraine. And I think the biggest... The biggest concern that Putin has seems to be the deployment of these missiles that Scott Horton talks about all the time. Mm-hmm. That there would be, I think they're Patriot missiles, but they're dual-use uh, missile systems. So they're so attack, offense, and defense? Yeah, they're okay. sold as being some kind of a, you know, I don't know, some kind of an Iron Dome or something that would protect the West from Russian missiles. But they can also go the other way. They can also shoot out offensive nuclear-tipped warheads and once you put them in ukraine you can hit moscow within 5 or 10 minutes and that wouldn't give that would give us first strike capability which really would upset the balance
1: yeah which is again another thing when you tell people this it's like i i'm not pro putin i'm just telling you guys like imagine if russia in like the fucking 70s just took out like toronto right and just started moving missiles into toronto like literally a hundred, not a hundred, a couple, a hundred miles, a thousand miles, not thousand, hundred miles from New York City. Right. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. it's like, how would you guys feel? Would you do feel okay that you have a foreign country who took out. A part of another foreign country that doesn't like us on our little literal border. I mean, of course, you would be freaked out. It's the same thing with the whole Iran, you know, the whole the whole Middle East nonsense of like they hate us for our freedom, or right. like the, like they hate us because we wear bikinis and sp- like like no man, they hate us because we bomb their fucking children since the fifties.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: that's why wouldn't you guys be pissed if we had american babies in hospitals being blown up for 80 years <laughs> like would you not be well, not 80 but you know 60 right. years or the fuck like would you not be bummed out or, or mad or like want to retaliate or fight back of course you would
2: yeah and we just have not been in that position for such a long time i mean the u.s has been i think i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i i think that the last time I mean, you could go back to the civil war when there was fighting, but at that time it wasn't a foreign aggressor who was primarily doing the fighting on American soil. You might have to go back to the, the 1812, 1812 is what yeah. I'm thinking. And um, so we just have no idea. I mean, it's been so far removed from our generations that just doesn't register.
1: Well, that, that's why it's funny. it's like uh, all these like, like TikTok, it's like, I stand with Ukraine. It's like, you would, fold in three seconds if yeah. this happened here in LA <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, whatever the fuck. like you don't know like you don't know shit um also how many bad takes have you seen by just blue check marks it's I mean it's like this is like this is like COVID proportion in like record time of bad takes <laughs> like two years of COVID shitty takes in like three days
2: um there was one that McFall so right as the invasion was happening um McFall was on MSNBC I think talking about it Saying that, oh well, you know, everyone is saying these anti-war people—they'll say that um, that the reason why Putin is upset and and he's justified in being upset is because NATO has crept eastward over all these years. And he says, "Gotcha, motherfuckers!" Like Putin said in two thousand one, in this like I don't know, in this speech that he did to five people, that he didn't care if NATO moved eastward, right? And then so we're just supposed to take that. So McFall, I mean, he he just. He sucks. But, <laughs> but, I mean, there's there's a lot, man. And there was, um, I think it was Colonel Danny Davis who went on Fox or something like that. And then he said a whole bunch of really, really awesome anti anti war de escalation stuff. And he has a storied history being in the U.S. military. And I think Trey Gowdy was on, mm-hmm. and they brought on some some bimbo talking head who was like, actually, I'd like to c- correct a whole bunch of misrepresentations that Danny Davis came on and said a real American hero, you know, not that that makes him right just by, by, um, you know, factor of being an American hero and being in the military, but, um, <coughs> it sucks. It just, the, the amount, the amount of propaganda and the speed at, at it, of it, uh, I think Glenn Greenwald had an article saying that it was just disturbing um haven't seen it since 2001 and uh it's it's just very concerning for the escalation in the way that we're going right now
1: yeah no i i I put out a tweet today and i was like um like after everything we know about 9 11 and iraq and afghanistan and covid etc like for if your take is truly just still like russian bad like you're fucking retarded like you have to understand this is a fucking game and like this isn't black and white i mean everything like especially now where we are so lied to you have to look at everything and be like what how am i being lied to in this fucking news article right how am i being lied to in this fucking news clip how am i being lied to in this fucking interview how like whatever it's like it's you you can't just sit down and just fucking take anymore i mean like i i uh I don't know if you noticed this, but like I, how you're probably we're probably on the same age. I'm 35.
2: I'm I'm 28.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> I look I got, fucking awful then. <laughs>
2: I got some I got some gray hair up there. Uh
1: but like when I was a kid, yeah, I I I said uh, I remember like my dad watching like Peter Jennings. Yeah. And uh when you're a kid at the time, you just thought, oh, there's no agenda, they're just giving you the news. Right because you're a kid right and looking back on it you're like oh shit it was so agendized (laughs) it was so fucking uh not as much as today obviously not as much as today like that was still with like before the 24-hour news cycles and all that shit like that right but like why why do you think the sudden leap in that like from severe propaganda to just like subliminal propaganda well you think it was like the trump stuff like you think is that what kicked it off or was it the obama years before the trump stuff
2: well, or the 9/11 years. Yeah, I mean, I I think that as as the internet has gotten more prevalent, and as we've had kind of like a Gutenberg press moment with YouTube mm. and with podcasting, and I think that their narrative has has gotten to be more. It needs to be more sophisticated because now you have real alternatives, and I I think that one thing that Connor Freeman and I have been talking about a lot and I think Kyle's talked about this with us too on podcasts is, is, just how, um, there's a a disturbing rise in a new class of media right now. And we've set our sights on, on, uh, the independent media where it seems like the big thing now is trade offs, right? So you'll have people be really, really good on one issue. And this is prevalent in the anti COVID regime, um, space. They they have to, the anti-COVID narrative, which they're good on for the most part, is the cheese and the trap. But going along with that, you have to take all of your anti-China baggage, right? And so it's things like that, like hawks and sheep's clothing. Mm. And um, I, I think that now people have, have decidedly um, stated with their preferences that they really like Joe Rogan because they feel like, you know Joe's not somebody who would lie to me. I've listened to him talk for hundreds of hours. I know Joe Rogan personally. I have a personal... It's kind of like Jesus. Right. I have a yeah. personal relationship <laughs> with Jesus Christ. But, They're both ripped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I pictured Jesus just being Joe Rogan. That's how... Yeah.
1: You know. He talks about DMT a lot. He's super into like fucking yeah. Alpha Brain. He yeah. <laughs> eats elk. <laughs> just, fucking Watch just crossfit. <laughs> just fucking a lot of kettlebell work.
2: But... Um, it's more sophisticated now. I mean, like when people like Tim Pool. I guess he's my favorite person to pick on because he's so awful, and libertarians really <laughs> like him. But when when I Tim have my Poole, problem I
1: just want to I want to clarify my Tim yeah. Pool. Uh, I I like Tim Pool, but I have my problems with Tim Pool. I yeah, I do yeah. totally get. Like I don't think I don't suck his dick like half the other people in the party do. Like I'm like <laughs> okay, that was cool, but then I see some tweets. I'm like, dude, you fucking what was that? <laughs> like, that's mush brain.
2: It, but it 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 really attracts people um, to give people who liked him Pool some credit is that it, it attracts people who like to believe they're getting something other than the mainstream media, people who like things that at least appear to have substance behind them. Mm. But what you're really getting is you're getting that mainstream media narrative in a different wrapper. It's, it's processed and packaged in a way that, um, sounds different and looks different.
1: Trojan horse almost. <laughs> and it's,
2: it's it's more complicated because you you get this this feeling of false sense of security because, because of that format and because it's long form. But really the depth of coverage there is, I mean, it's just an inch deep in what really is an ocean in foreign policy. And um, when he says, you know, oh, I'm just reading the news, man. Like, I'm not pushing propaganda. This could be propaganda, but I'm going to read it to you anyways and not question it. So, I mean, and when you look at his stances on things, like you could do a side-by-side comparison of his tweets to John Bolton's tweets, and it'd be the same thing. It's just (laughs) that at the end, Tim Pool says, well, we don't want a war. I don't want a war and we shouldn't fight one. But do we just sit by while Putin runs through the entire of Eastern Europe and threatens all of us? You know, that kind of thing.
1: Well, which again, which is again, right wing propaganda, I feel like, or I guess not even right wing propaganda, I guess it's just war propaganda right yeah. now it's not even like it's not even like that was old like that was like the, the war party of the right's old days i mean it's not even how it is anymore now it's like how many neo lives are there <laughs> like yeah like, yeah that's a that's a that's an old all- talking point too I, I it's so weird how shit changes yeah <laughs> like just so quick like like again in the 90s the, the, i was i was you know a kid i was born 86 so like I, I actually grew up in the 90s i wasn't like yeah. i was born 97 a 90s kids like no 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 I was like five years old in 1991. Like I remember the 90s. And the left was the party of like, hey man, you should be able to say what you want, man. Like fuck government, man. And the right was like, no, like like restricting speech. And like they were like, don't say that shit. God. <laughs> like, right. And now it's just the complete fucking up. I mean, but the complete instead of instead of God, their God is government. Like that's the only difference. Like yeah. they, they still, which is also funny, they mock like uh religious god and i'm not religious myself i i believe in so i don't know what the fuck i don't know i I, something had to create something i don't know but like i don't mock it i don't mock religion they mock it like can't believe these idiots believe in a tablet from like a thousand years ago and then they're like fauci uh, uh, uh." it's like it's like like you're doing the same thing but just modern version of that it's you know it's he's a tablet guy now to you and you're just reading the fucking rules of COVID as the yeah. commandments. It, it's, you know, the,
2: it's the natural pro- progression of progressivism itself. I mean, they, back when progressivism started in the, uh, well, the teens and the twenties, you know, there was a whole bunch of people coming forward talking about how, you know, they were all religious fanatics at that point. They were super Puritan in their ways, but they... They said, hey, well, you know, the church is all well and good and everything, but the real way to affect society is through the state. So what we're going to do is create all these agencies with these so-called experts <laughs> getting up there saying that, hey, you know, um, my my germplasm, my germplasm actually makes me a better human than you. So I should be able to forcibly sterilize you. It's science. Right. So. Well, that was
1: the people's justifications, though. Over COVID, right? Like, you can't eat in this restaurant with me because you're not vaccinated. It's like, oh, right, yeah. It doesn't matter. it You are, and I still got it from you. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It, it's always, there's people are always going to find something to feel elevated over other people. Yeah. Feel yeah. better then, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Right now, it was COVID. What's the next thing? The war thing? Like, I don't know. What, what's the next virtue signal pat on the back? Like, I believe we should invade Russia. Right. It's like, cool. Are you going to do it? Oh no. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You know, it's it, I was talking to uh my father-in-law and he's a he's a conservative guy, you know, and he, he was like what's the libertarian stance on the Russia-Ukraine thing? I was like no war. <laughs> I was like I was like no war and not a single American dollar or life to be spent at the at the, you know, uh word can't find the word I'm looking for. It. Expense of 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 that of that crisis. I like I feel terrible for ta- I feel bad for anybody who dies, but that's yeah. irrelevant to and he was like he was like no, I feel that way too. I was like all right, good. <laughs> I was like it's good because I was worried about like how many uh, regular people would feel about you know being propagated into believing we should get involved or not. But it seems to be I feel like still most rational people are like no. <laughs> we shouldn't embark on a war with Russia.
2: I I really hope so. And I don't see it. they probably don't see it as starting a war with Russia, which again is a huge problem. but the I mean, the other thing too to keep in mind is like I'm not gonna I'm not going to minimize the tragedy taking place in Ukraine right now. I mean, it's horrible. right the The Russians should not be in there. um again, all those other caveats we already talked about. But at the same time, at this point in the conflict, I, things like this with more brutal fighting have ha- have been happening in the Middle East for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so the the American public will be obsessed with Ukraine for a few weeks, maybe a few months, if we don't all get vaporized before then. <laughs> After that, they're going to forget about this, just like the Kurds. Right. Know?
1: Which is also knowing again about all the fucking, yeah, the Kurds. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> you <that>? Nothing happened. <laughs> Literally nothing happened. And there were those motherfuckers on CNN were showing the gun range footage. From yeah. Kansas
2: yes yeah
1: and I was like and again if you just know basic like if you even seen real warfare footage you're like there's not that many tracer rounds in <laughs> real war it's like one every like 30 re- <laughs> it's not like every fucking it's like it looks like a movie guys like you really think this is real like no it looks like a show like of course it looks like a- um, it um yeah
2: okay, it, not well none of them said anything about when you know Saddam used all the helicopters that we gave him to slaughter right. cards. right
1: uh, again they don't give a shit it's virtually yeah um what do you think about the possibility of the chinese taiwan thing
2: yeah that's been interesting because i i have commented on that quite a bit more and it's like ever since i kind of like um ever since i kind of downplayed the possibility that russia could invade ukraine right (laughs) um i'm i'm rethinking things and like I never ruled any, I don't think I ever ruled it out. I said, you know, it really doesn't look like Russia's going to invade Ukraine. There might be a war over the Donbass, but I think it would be provoked by Ukraine. That being said, I have said for a while that you know there isn't a whole lot of evidence that China is imminently preparing to invade Ukraine. I think it's much more likely that China is looking to reunify with Ukraine or um, with Taiwan. Um China is looking to reunify with Taiwan they would rather do it peacefully over a period of time do i think i think that taiwan will become part of china again um i mean officially uh, taiwan is part of china. right it
1: is but yeah
2: um, uh you get what i mean but
1: it, it's kind of funny how china was like the second guy to start looting like russia was the first guy to be like fuck it and like throw the rock through the window and china was but, like
2: Looking around, we're doing this.
1: (laughs) Fuck it, let's go. (laughs) Like like, like, we're doing this too. Like we also had the plan the whole time to do this. Also, (laughs) like like, like, they're just trying to like jump on the back. It's also funny how like. Oh, here's a question: Do you think if Trump was still president, this would be going on?
2: See that whole thing. That whole question pisses me off because it's like um the implication with it is that Biden is weak, and if only Biden were stronger, then this wouldn't be happening, right? Um, No,
1: I don't even think. I'm not even implying that. I'm just being from a relationship standpoint, right? Because like Trump yeah. would openly be like Putin's, you know, he's cool, like <laughs> not cool, but like he's like, you know, he he would like he would like praise him. He wouldn't shit on him, right? That's what I mean. And Putin also, it seems with Trump, he's like ah, he's whatever. Like like he wasn't like fuck this guy, fuck this guy, like Biden. That's that's I don't mean the fucking strong weak argument. I mean no, no, like no. a relationship argument. Like, do you think it would have?
2: Yeah, I. I don't mean to, I'm just digging at the question because I've heard other people ask that same question with the, you know, with the implication that like, oh, well, if only Biden were stronger, this wouldn't be happening. (coughs) Um, I I mean, I don't know, but I think, um, I think it would still be happening. I do. Um, I I think some of the people that Trump surrounded himself with, and I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Trump really was carried uh, by his administration in in people that were in place around him that didn't have the same agenda as him, so I mean it's possible that they could have sat down and really, and in, in banged out some kind of an agreement. Right. I, I think there would have been immense pressure from our side for Putin, or excuse me, for Trump to not reach a deal with Putin. I mean, you can just imagine. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. What the oh, yeah. No, they would have, they would
1: have called him like a puppet and like right. supporting the war, and for sure. Like, but again. They did the same thing when he like fucking talked to Kim Jong Un. I'm like, what do you like? Shouldn't yeah. we be doing that? Yeah, shouldn't we be doing? Isn't the whole point is to be like, hey, don't start a nuclear war. <laughs> like that's the point, right? Like I, I don't, I just that's what that's why I when I do see like that Trump derangement syndrome and all that bullshit, that's why you do go, yeah, it, it's real. Like it is real. Yeah. Like I remember uh, he signed a law, to, a felony, I think, where like if you hit if you, animal abuse is like a felony now. And there are people like do you believe Trump making that. It's like, really? You're gonna like that's the thing you're gonna that's the like thing go on like eating animals. I don't that's know. I music. think that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty good law. I love my dog. I would I would like to see that maybe a felony. Sure. I don't know. Like it's just that's it, it's like that shit. It does get annoying, and it is there. So you do have to parse through that also to get to like a potential real answer to my question. Like, well, how many assholes in our own country are just like hate him as is. So you got to get through that to get to like a potential real solution. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, I, I, to, you know, I don't, I think if Trump might've actually talked too much shit where he couldn't back it up. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he would have been like, Oh, I think, uh, I, mean, I can't do Trump impression, but I think like, uh, <laughs> Oh, I, uh, I put, that'd be a bad idea if, for Putin to do that. You know, cause we would, uh, we have a lot of, we have a lot, of, we're very strong military is very strong or something like that. And then Putin's like, Oh yeah watch me do it now, motherfucker. And then I'm like, ah, fuck, I can't do shit. (laughs) And they can meet his his words almost.
2: Well, I think it's, yeah. I mean, we got a
1: question here from David, the young bull David Brady. I think the only problem with Biden's response is that he didn't put the NATO block in writing for Putin. Or is that an incorrect assessment?
2: He didn't put a NATO block. So he didn't, um, what, he didn't make a promise that Ukraine would never be part of NATO. I mean, everyone knows, I think everyone in the West knows that Ukraine will never be part of NATO. I think they know that. Well, they just
1: applied for EU unionship, right? Right. Which yeah. that's not good.
2: <laughs> but but at the same time, I, I think um they know that if if do you remember this summer when Zelensky put out on Twitter something about joining NATO and that they've been approved to join NATO or something like that? Yeah, I kind of,
1: like yeah. vaguely, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um I think one one of the biggest issues is is all of the weapons that we've been sending into Ukraine, and this is what concerns me for Taiwan too. Is is that you have um, you know military think tanks? I think the Project 2049 Institute that's helping to sell all these weapons and funnel them into Taiwan, uh, funnel all of the the U.S. military drills both in in Eastern Europe and. Uh, in the South China Sea and around those areas, I think that that really contributes to a lot of this uh, brinksmanship and a lot of this this animosity between both sides. And, I mean, those things have been ramping up no matter who's in the White House. Right. And and that's a huge part of, of the crisis that we're in right now.
1: If China goes into Taiwan, I guess, again, nothing happens.
2: Well, we'd hope not because uh, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone knows. So so this leads me into a broader point that I think I want to make is, is what we're seeing now, if we survive it, could be the end of the current world order. And I don't mean that in a conspiratorial sense. I mean that in a quite literal sense. Right now, there's a unipolar world where the United States is the global hegemon. What we're <laughs> seeing is an impotent, nato in an impotent western civilization that is having knows it's out of bullets and it's kind of desperate for power i think that our civilization has been eroding from beneath us and they're they're desperate and putin and chi know this and i think that they are at a point where they're so pissed off by being bullied around that they're going to call our bluffs and I don't think that they have aspirations of being the new world hegemons, but I think that they no longer would like the U.S. at the top. And so I foresee a situation now where it's, it's just a turning of, of the, the tide and a tipping of the scales in, on the world stage, where the United States is no longer g- going to be the only power. It's going to be a multipolar world. And maybe that's what's necessary for uh, the World Economic Forum to get their agenda through. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what they envision. I'm just speculating. But I think that's what we're seeing here. And I think it's the most dangerous time to be on this planet and with world relations, because it, as the empire dies, they get more frantic and more unpredictable. Right. So,
1: well, what's the average empire is like 200 years or something like that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, we're past it, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna roam ourselves for sure. Yeah. Didn't that, they say like when Rome got like fascinated with like genitals and stuff? Was like, when they started like fall. Yeah, I've heard that before, right? Like, it's... like
2: who is who is that? Um, there's this famous anti-feminist feminist who did a thing with Jordan Peterson. Um, God, I forget her name, but they Jordan Peterson and her they did this um this talk together, and she she went through and was talking about how you see it at the fall of every civilization where uh, societies start to get obsessed with androgyny and, and mixing genders and things like that. And um, I remember her talking about that in like 2011 or 2012. So yeah,
1: it's, it's wild, right? If yeah. that's true, like, I, again, we hit that place that we're so safe and everything's so easy. It's like, what can we make problems about? Oh, what bathroom can I use? Right. Fuck you yeah. it's like, not, like, go work in a field. You fuck. Like, you, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, that's very annoying. I've got a question from David Brady. Can Patrick touch on the nuclear weapon proliferation movement with Reagan?
2: Yeah. um, You know, my understanding <coughs> is that there, there was, um there was a nuclear deal in place. And, uh and again, I haven't studied this as extensively as maybe Scott, of course not, but yeah, of course. Kyle, but my understanding is that there there was a nuclear weapons agreement in place, and um, that we got out of it either during the Obama administration or the Trump administration. If it's the Trump administration, it would push back on this narrative that if only Trump were in office, then we. It's not the JCPOA, right. is it? Um, no, that's the Iran nuclear deal. Well, there, but um, you know, geez, who's that guy that Scott has on who who was the Russian? Um he, he um oh, uh you know he he was the head of the Soviet, yeah, yeah, for the CIA Ray McGovern. yeah, McGovern, Ray, yeah. Was, Ray was talking about how back then we actually had diplomacy that made sense, right? Trust but verify because yeah. when you're when you're on on the brink with another nuclear power, there's not a lot of of mutual trust and reassurance and promises don't really mean much, but at some point someone has to break and and trust what the other side is going to say you trust first then verify later that the other side is going along with the agreement so and um as i understand you know we we chose some bullshit reason to get out of this nuclear agreement and um now it, it's just maybe that was the pretext for putting all these weapons systems in in eastern europe i i'm not sure but i need to read more about that
1: interesting yeah <sighs>
2: Let's, I don't know. let's let's touch on Taiwan again because yeah, sure. um, the I, I don't think that an invasion is imminent and um, Xi was actually uh, urging Putin to settle the Ukraine situation and talks with Zelensky. Which oh, really? Talks happened today.
1: I, I did see that. But yeah. but
2: yeah, so she was was urging Putin to come to a peace deal. Now I don't know if that is signifies what his real intent is. Uh, what China's real intent is. I do know that China refused to condemn the operation in Ukraine, I believe. Uh, but I think that if Qi is urging Putin to end the conflict, that probably means he's not planning on launching an invasion on Ukraine or at Taiwan.
1: China's like, chill. So chill. we need to do it. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we'll have two countries doing crazy shit at once. Everybody it, could chill out. <laughs> and so
2: every, everyone was saying that oh it'd be perfect for that. But I mean it's a it's a it's another non starter. Like, of course, we can't get into a shooting war with China. China has this—I think—the third most nuclear weapons in, mm-hmm. in the world. Um, they would—they would wreck our navy. I mean, you're talking about trying to conduct a war across the Pacific Ocean. They have long-range ship-busting missiles that would take out our aircraft carriers before our planes even got in range. And um, so, but on the other side, Taiwan—Taiwan um, Taiwan is an island nation. The entire side that faces China is is rocky. There aren't a lot of beachheads there that you could do a real invasion landing on, a la D-Day. Right. Um, it's been training for decades to repel an invasion, and uh, they've been setting up missile emplacements all over the place. Taiwan do they have has a standing army. They do. I'll, however, it's not huge. I gotta look it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll c- continue. While I look this up. Sorry. Good.
2: Well, so so they have all those things and. If, if China needed to, I don't know, they couldn't really sail around Taiwan to get to the other side, that works better for an invasion because they just get shot up with missiles. Um, but uh, their, uh, Goldstein, he's a guy uh, from Defense Priorities, a contractor who's for me, former Navy War College. Um, he says, Lyle, I think his name is Lyle Goldstein. He was on the Scott Horton Show talking about how he thinks an invasion of Ukraine Actually, would be over in a few days, where China could just send in their special forces units, like like Putin is, that they could t- uh, they could target primary infrastructure and hit certain targets. Because again, like you know, Putin doesn't want to wreck Ukraine, like
1: right. You just want to fuck it up.
2: And and the same thing with with Taiwan. I mean, you
1: I'm looking up their shit right now. Yeah, they're actually they're not to be fucked with. So their total military personnel is 1.6 million
2: yeah the
1: reserve i mean most of it's 1.5 reserve but like but still and then i'm looking up their air power they got like 741 total aircraft strength yeah they have fucking uh attack helicopters uh uh, fighters and inceptors uh transporters fucking and they have i'm looking at they have uh, over a thousand tanks (laughs) they have rockets towed artillery uh naval forces they don't have any aircraft carriers. they have some frigates some sub they have four submarines dude Uh, they have some shit so they're not like no one i thought they were just I, I i see this is how much i don't know about taiwan i thought they just had like a small like super small like almost like uh like monaco-sized military <laughs> like was, where they would just oh, get I wiped mean, off the face of the earth in two seconds i didn't really have like a, a million fucking people to fight back if they had to
2: they they have been preparing excuse me for an invasion for quite some time i mean oh
1: my 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 buddy blaze is in the chat he's drunk he said china would not landslide our navy (laughs) he's my opener blaze he's a good oh (laughs) no no i
2: i think they would and i i would cite lyle goldstein he he would say of course you know that china um china could invade taiwan and they might be able to do it quickly but it's a non-starter that we would uh, but again, you're talking about our Navy that's spread all over the, all over the globe. I mean, we, we have focused on the South China Sea in the past. I mean, we've been running our warships through the Taiwan Strait at an ever-increasing pace for the last few years. But um, the logistics of it, I mean, it, it w- the idea that we could win a prolonged naval engagement with China, I, I think, is, is um, not very plausible.
1: I, I, I mean, I don't know, right? I mean, it's, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be easy, right? Like if we did win, it would be like a fucking to the wire yeah. or to the nail type of fucking win. Um, I I know they have a, obviously like the largest military in the world, like, but like they're not, it's like the training. It could always comes down to the training and, and equipment too. And I know like, I know they have a great uh, Navy, but I think, I believe I could be, anybody out there correct me if I'm wrong, but most of our shit is better than their shit. Like when it comes to the military, except again, they they special like they they push all their shit into the navy. But like our ground stuff is like better. We're better trained. We're like we're better all that shit. So if we got ever against like a ground war, like we would probably win at a heavy cost but we would win it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know i, I yeah. think
2: i think even even while well, blaze would probably agree with me that we never want to <laughs> fucking find out so no he would agree I with could, you there yeah. I, could, I could go i could die an old man without knowing yeah for sure we definitely, definitely don't want that uh, and,
1: yeah he just he just said this He fucking but he's, i think they will be wrong though no. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though <laughs> no, um, yeah he's a, he's a dumb comic like me oh, no, <laughs> no, I, um
2: yeah, but no, it's good to get some pushback on this because you know I was I was saying that I don't think Putin's going to invade Ukraine. So, yeah, um, no,
1: well, that's what I'm saying, it's it's fair to say none of us are experts. Right. <laughs> Literally, none of us are experts. This is just you know we're I, we're all just a little educated on this. I would say more than the average person. So you know this is just our takes, and again, all opinions, <laughs> a lot right. of this is opinions. A lot of this is just historical stuff, but. Yeah, if everybody's listening to this, like that's what's gonna happen. Don't Were you guys serious? Don't come to us. We're but, just fucking around. <laughs>
2: one one thing to keep in mind is I think that the the US military is is very bloated. I think that we spend, yeah, we spend a lot of money, but does that really get us returned value?
1: Yeah, here you go have a no war. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so
2: he gets it. Um, but but yeah, there's a lot of bloat. No, I mean war
1: decided in Call of Duty.
2: <laughs> we got we got our F thirty fives that we've sunk. Yeah. Billions of dollars mm-hmm. into that—that that they don't even fucking work. One hit, right. one hit the runway in in China. It, it I saw, I saw it. that. I, I
1: crashed saw. into the ocean, right? Yeah. <laughs> the and,
2: ocean. and then there was a big, uh, there was a big battle, like capture the flag, to see who could get to the wreckage first. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, Corbett had a great piece about uh, the Chinese military equipment. Uh, I think it's called China's suspiciously looking American or China's suspicious American suspiciously american looking military or something talking about how china actually has a bunch like all their weapon systems are american and and there's stories about like israel selling oh yeah systems to china but
1: oh oh yeah no 100 percent. i remember back in was it 99 when they shot down the u2 spy plane yeah or uh and then they were, were like hey give it back they're like okay <laughs> <laughs> and he just like took it apart, like from fucking, you know, front to back. It's, like, here's a fucking sheet metal back, you fucking cunts. Like, it's, oh. <laughs> it's
2: all full of fucking embarrassing things for us because, I mean, that yeah. it wasn't only that. There was a nuclear submarine, I think, over the yeah. fall that crashed in the South China Sea. And they were afraid it was leaking radioactive material. You had like, <laughs> that was a Russian samples. one, right? It was a, a US submarine.
1: Oh, I thought that was a Russian sub that crashed also. Or maybe there was also a Russian sub that crashed. That might have a been a two.
2: different time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was just... This That's
1: not great to have a lot of nuclear subs just crashing into the ocean. Right. <laughs> How about that? That just sounds great. Also, can you... Su- no, if you're in a submarine and it goes down, you're just dead,
2: right? Yeah, that would suck.
1: Fuck, dude. Yo, fuck that job.
2: Hey, at least you die. You'd probably die instantly. How about this? Um you know, when the Challenger exploded, mm-hmm. they were talking about how the astronauts probably lived long enough to fall back to the Earth. Could you imagine like being on a huge fucking explosion that sends you up in the air oh, and then god. you blow up in midair and then you're alive long enough and maybe conscious to fall all the way back Start down? Start punching yourself
1: to try and like, get all, <laughs> <bowed> <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> Please die.
2: Please die.
1: Oh my god, dude. That would yeah. be horrible. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Anything well, now like, your,
2: your buddy fucking yes. Blaze is going to make me like do a frantic search the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, it's he fun. was popping up
1: Actually, let me go back up to what he said. Uh to fortify my position. He so said we would win for sure. The naval capabilities are nowhere near ours, along with the fact that it's not like carriers run around alone. They have an entire battle group and around the carrier, and we have a new class of carrier that no one else can contend with. LOL. <laughs> like yeah, No, yeah. no, no.
2: But I said that they have hypersonic cruise-like, they have hypersonic ship busting missiles that also
1: are- who the fuck knows what we have to like, you know what i'm saying like we don't know what the fuck okay, we so have nice. like like you know they, like they i don't know if uh darpa wants to just necessarily be like we also have that <laughs> like,
2: well, this is where the the ufos come back into play so we're, we're getting yeah. full circle here yeah. yeah But no no yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm blaze like uh what about the hypersonic missile things, right? I mean, they're Lyle Goldstein. I'm not just talking out of my ass. This is what he says is that these missiles are they would hit the U.S. carriers before our planes would even get in range.
1: But again, I'm sure that might be. I'm sure that's a thing. But again, who 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 the fuck knows what we have and don't have defensively even? Yeah. You know, or offensively. It's like, who again, I, we, no one knew we had a nuke till that shit hit fucking Nagasaki, dude. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, and they were like, "What's that fucking cloud?" <laughs> like, no one knew, right? So, who I, the fuck knows?
2: Today, today, I was seriously looking at the United States guidance for what to do in the event of. A new I know COVID-19. you're gonna save a god. Oh, and, 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 and they,
1: No, yeah. And they recommended the COVID mask thing.
2: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was. About. I, I had a chuckle about that, but I was actually legit reading it because I was like, "Well, oh, what's
1: what do they say to do?"
2: Uh, Just, you know, after the explosion happens, get in like, get inside as soon as possible because the fallout comes within 10 minutes. So get into like a a structure that has concrete walls and stuff like that. And then don't touch your, you know, touch your orifices. Don't touch anything, but then take a, take a shower or something as soon as possible to get the radioactivity off of you. And then you can eat, you can eat and drink water and food that has been inside during the explosion. But where I am in Wisconsin, actually, it's, I don't know. They're going to (laughs) destroy Madison and Milwaukee, which is fine with me. Destroy the Twin Cities, maybe Duluth. um, But I'm in a little isolated pocket. So my plan is to drive to the UP.
1: I'm fucked because uh, I'm right outside of Philly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. 30 minutes outside of Philly.
2: My my sister lives in Philly. Oh, she's fucked too. (laughs) Yeah, She's going to be gone.
1: Tell her to come to a show when I oh, fucking goddamn. Well, <laughs> she's me.
2: she's fucked anyways because she took the vaccine. Dark False. humor there. That's it
1: that's, now she's gonna yeah. get AIDS, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Blaze said I haven't researched as far into a China conflict. I'm sure the group was looking at how to combat that. Like every country gains, taking out. The... Yeah, that's why I just said pretty much. But oh, like yeah. yeah, he's totally who right. I mean, yeah, yeah. who, the fuck, <laughs> who
2: yeah. the fuck knows? who knows? Yeah. <laughs>
1: fuck knows hopefully i guess no war hopefully there is a resolve in ukraine and hopefully these these treaties this fucking end peacefully and peacefully and, and and you know china doesn't invade taiwan and we have to see that full-scale fucking million man war
2: i guess from those numbers so yeah let's have it happen just to see who's right me or blaze yeah
1: right guys <laughs> let's sacrifice the life of the eastern half of the world <laughs> to see if pat or blaze are right uh Patrick, let's uh, tell everybody to find you uh, and Twitter, social media, all that great stuff. Or anything else you got going on you want to plug?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I run a podcast called Liberty Weekly. Um, I, I'm a practicing attorney. I have my own my own law practice. I practice criminal defense and family law, but um, I moonlight as a libertarian podcaster. And my, my show Liberty Weekly is up at the Libertarian Institute where Scott Horton is the director there. Uh, but we have a lot of great podcasts, a lot of great writers and uh, I really do, I I honestly believe we have an incredible team assembled there at the Libertarian Institute. And so in the next five to 10 years, I think it's going to really become an outlet to be reckoned with in, in this space.
1: Yeah, every, every, all you guys fucking rock solid and antiwar.com for everybody out yep. there who doesn't know what that is please go to that website like you said earlier every fucking day i check it. i i hit it like once a day I'm like what's going on in the world yeah <laughs> i'll just fucking scroll through when i'm yeah when i'm dicking around uh yeah it's it's great all you guys agree obviously the man scott Horton, and who i'm his uh punch-up stand-up comic right around if you knew that but yep. i wrote uh, yeah i helped him write for the tom woods roast
2: oh you did yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I helped no, with that. That was, <laughs> that was a good bit. Like there were some belly laughs in that.
1: Yeah, well, he uh, the opening bit where he said, "Um, do you guys see that video of the super handsome bearded guy beat up that old man?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I'm sorry, that was just my debate. That was my that was my line. That That's was my awesome. joke." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Scott, I'm telling you, this is gonna crush." <laughs>
2: <You> did, <laughs> okay, I mean, everything. Yeah, it was yeah. it was real solid. No,
1: Scott, Scott's the fucking man, dude. Yeah. Uh uh pat thank you so much for coming on and again you got to come back on we we'll do the conspiracy episodes, episode project blue and aliens and shit like that yeah we'll do that we'll do that <laughs> Yeah, you know, for sure but again open invite to any time you want to come back on and shoot the shit more than welcome to uh this is awesome thank you and for you out there please go buy a shirt go buy a shirt go buy a shirt go buy a porcupine oh, shirt <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Go buy a porcupine shirt, get your very own porcupine shirt, drop tent.com slash store again, artwork from top lobster for one of the shirts, disobey a local nutter shirt. Then you just have the porcupine, just a logo uh, for the podcast. Go get it. Uh, super comfortable shirts. And again, come to shows. drop tent.com slash events for tickets and all that shit. And uh, I'll be actually, we're doing actually another, uh, uh, excuse me, an episode tomorrow night with uh, Caleb Brown. We're going to talk uh, religion and, and libertarianism and if, how those go and don't go together. So it's going to be interesting. So right tune not. in on tomorrow. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, peace out.
0: Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG at Adam Nutter or Facebook and TikTok at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. This has been a drop test.